talking about bonies today. Ah, bonies. The great bone war. Breaking crime bonies. Any, any bone rattling noises from Nintendo 64 you got on there? I got. We have so much to talk about because. <laughs> what was that? Do that again. I need like that again. Car horn? That's a car horn. <laughs> Why do you just have like 1950s cartoon sounds? Holy cow. <laughs> what sound pack is that? This is the uh, cartoon sound pack on Voice Mod. Uh, literally an Awuga. Oh, that's not that's not the good one though. The little bit. Oh, we do one. need a good Awuga. Small, small bite. <laughs> uh, okay. We yeah. have uh, we have so graciously received a early copy uh if you're in the ttrpg world at all and especially the paizo verse you know that book of the dead has been being talked about uh so much um everybody is talking about uh the book of the dead that paizo is releasing um at the end of april so uh we were chatting it up with aaron shanks over at paizo the marketing director over there and uh yeah they they went ahead and gave us a book uh to to look over um so just over the past few days all of us have been kind of diving into the book of the dead which you can you know you can assume that this covers all things uh, undead. So new archetypes, new monsters, a bunch of new items, uh, and, uh, and even a new, a new playable ancestry, uh, that we're going to talk about. Um, we have literally been sitting here for like 30 minutes talking about the book and now we have to redo it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We TLDR, keep cutting ourselves off. TLDR, book's sick. <laughs> the book also, is sick. Also... Paizo, what is up with releasing the Book of the Dead in spring? Like, this is this we is were a little bit delayed. With COVID. <laughs> I think I think you know I think what happened was they like production was going so well and they were so excited they're like we are not waiting six more months to release this. The no, world needs can't. to see. They the want people the Book of the Dead. They want people to have no, it Easter. for their Halloween campaigns. True, it is Easter True. and Easter kind of has some life death stuff. Yeah, you know if you practice a, a Western religion. That's, That's what true. it is. Yeah. We crack the code. But uh, no, this this book. Um, I mean, we've all we've all just kind of been talking about how different it is. Um, I think from the rest of the books that at least we've we've gotten so far for Pathfinder Two E. Um, I especially like how in depth they've done. They've kept a theme. Um, yeah. I believe is it Geb or Jeb or yeah, I think it's Geb. Geb. It's Geb okay. Sure. It's Geb, but it's Jif. <laughs> but it's, oh my gosh. G-E-B is the name of the, quote, writer of uh, this book. And uh, Ronnie, before we hit record, you brought up a great uh, point about how it is a conglomerate of, of like, death from different cultures, how they've kind of written that. Say that better than I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. I kind of was meandering with my own words beforehand, too, but... I, I really do like how, and this is like goes with traditional D&D, Paizo just kind of goes even deeper into pulling in the ideas of undeath and resurrection from like a lot of different religious places. So it's not just, you know, a Christian perspective, but there's also some Hindu influences and some ancient Greek yeah. influences and kind of like 
you know, it's a Muslim. Some Native American in like there too. In. Yeah, just American just slabbed on there, just lather on there like some some miracle whip. But um, it is <laughs> uh, it is it is really good. Right, right, and I like that. Um, I can't see everything just flowing from one specific religion. I think even like the idea that not all undead are evil, um, even though like the negative. Like the, the idea of death, right? It's just negative and, and taking away from life and that kind of push and pull. Um, especially when we get to the skeleton ancestry, I want to talk about that because that is so cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Zach, I, I think that is one big part that I really enjoyed about the book. Yo, Ron, and tell me about the skeleton ancestry. <laughs> Wait, are we jumping Now that all we're the here, been there. let's yeah, talk yeah, about the ancestry. Are, are we going to. Do God, we have an order for this, or are we just going to talk about things? Let's as go we straight talk about down. We're going to be talking for the next seven hours about this book, <laughs> starting from page I one. Did, I did want to say one thing to start off, in that I liked because I'm sitting at the table of contents currently. I do like how the book is divided, like the mm-hmm. chapters. Oh, I agree. And <clears throat> you've got a really cool preface where they. Uh, um, it's like some, I think it's like the King of Geb or whatever. And so it's just kind of some like flavor to get you in the mood for, for undead stuff. And then the first chapter is all, it's not like they're like, okay, here's the new ancestries. Here's the new classes. Here's the new equipment. Like they would do like, I exactly from like one ebooks. Like right. they don't break it down like that. They say, okay, chapter one prayers of the living. Yes, and then dude. they have all, all of the equipment archetypes ancestry like all that stuff like that has to do with like fighting how to and, like death's ass yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. items are all called like, and the then the chapter catalog. two they do the same thing and they do it all from the perspective of like playing as an undead right right and then the third one is like all the bestiary stuff and then the fourth is completely like lore based you yeah know? It's all the different yeah, setting. So, uh, and then the fifth chapter is a is an actual one shot you can run, which has yeah. like three different parts. Um, started. So, anyways, I I just love how they like laid out the book or the you know the book, and I think it's a, I I want to see them like continue this kind of uh, uh, layout. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I I love the titles too, as you mentioned, and it's just like. It all it all is very cohesive, and it was like it was it was a pleasure to read. Like that was yes. one thing that like yes. it flows narratively very well, which you wouldn't really expect from a book like this. But um, chance also, that's why I definitely wanted to like go throughout. I don't want I don't want to skip. I don't miss. I it. know, we but we are we are so we just have not a lot of time with pre pods. <laughs> yeah. so we gotta just like okay, let's go because there's so much cool stuff. But one thing. Yes, I want to jump on too with what he said is the perspectives. This book is all about perspectives of undeath. There's people that are on one side that look at all undeath as evil, and then there's people on the other side that are in it, you know, are in undeath or that perceive it differently. And I think that's more magical. I think it's yes. magical that they have given different perspectives based on archetype or race or uh, ancestry or um you know background even so yeah take I, us in a skeleton go. i i but i i also want to say that the art is great oh, one thing that is yes. really really nice about it is that it has really cool like bordering to the pages yes. where you'll have like different statues and like flowers but then you go into like like for example the first chapter the prayers of the living is the like has some like pretty flowers at the top and then you go to the hymns of the dead and there's like the color gets turned into like 
darker no. and more like pale. I didn't even and notice then, that. Yeah, the flowers look like more pale, and then you go into the, then it even gets more like like uh, I don't know rotted or something when yes. you go further into the book. It's really really oh cool. Oh my and then gosh! The the art for the specific monsters and everything feels very very good. It's 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 some good art. It's a tight book. Amazing. It is very tightly woven. Um, but yeah, because like I, I would love to just jump to the skeleton um, ancestry because I think that's one of the most exciting parts of right. the entire yeah, book. Sure. But I do want to you know touch some of these other things before we like get there because I think we could probably spend ten minutes just talking about the implications of having you know a skeleton ancestry because like that's kind of how we felt about the goblin ancestry. Like they just opened so many areas up um, and right. added a lot of depth to goblins in um, Galarian. But I really like the um, the prayers for the living, the archetypes of um, individuals like specialize in, in fighting against undead. Um, it's just the different like types of archetypes that there are. Like I was like, oh my goodness, I never thought about the depth of all the kinds of, of warriors or people who would want to fight undeath. Um, like yeah. the Soul Warden is super cool. It's yes. like, like a warden of Phrasma's boneyard, you know, a servant of Phrasma who whose sole reason for hunting undead is just to usher souls through mm. Phrasma's boneyard. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with like evil or, or good because Phrasma is like true neutral. So like the warden is all about like this is just you know like almost like a, a bounty hunter but like a religious bounty hunter. It's like weird. It's it's so cool though. Do not impede life's cycle is kind of the I, whole like thing with the the soul warden. Yeah. So cool. Did you guys read the like the 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 cycle or how that like plays out? Like within the planes or whatever. No. Go no, ahead and go ahead and give a a brief explanation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to scroll down to it, but it, it was just cool that it's like all life begins in the positive energy yes. plane, which I don't know if you guys knew, but like I, I read this like back in one day, but if you were to like plane shift to the positive ener energy plane, you would like heal like every round you would like heal an insane amount of HP until you're maxed out. And then you continually heal, uh, you know, like air quotes, until you just die. Like you die from like <laughs> positive energy. You like are dissolved by the positive energy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's just as deadly as getting like teleported to the negative energy plane. Uh, but it's like the inverse. So Overheal. Yeah. But it's like all all life begins in the positive energy plane, which is just a plane of, you know, pure, you know, positive energy. And then you... Um, it like a soul goes into a body on the material plane, the material body dies. You go like through the ethereal realm as your soul separates. Then you go to Phrasma's boneyard. You get put into one of the many like the like nine different alignment planes as a I can't remember the term, but there's like a term for like the lowest life form, right? Uh, of each of the planes, and they're all different. But if, but if you went to like the abyss, you would eventually turn into a demon, right? Right. Or if you went to the, there's one where you turn into a Velstrak based on. Oh uh, no. Whatever. Yeah. So it's like you Herbal's you turn into, and then eventually over time you eventually die there, and your body goes back to the positive plane, and oh, then it's that's just so that's cool. the cycle. 
And so. my favorite, like, honestly, my favorite plane out of, like, all nine uh, is probably the Boeing 737. Uh, <laughs> it's probably yeah. favorite. <laughs> 737. Oh, my God. Right as you started that, that joke formed in my head, and I was like, oh, I got this sick plane joke. And then you said it, and it made me very mad. What if... What if plane shift the spell was like still in Starfinder, but it's just like shifting yeah, different? Yeah, yeah, you right. just, you're you're just turn into a plane. It's just polymorph, but you turn into a plane. It's different cruise liners. Yeah. <laughs> just a layover. Uh, um, I wanted to talk oh about <laughs> this uh, while we're in this section of the book. Um, of these like archetype, they're like people who are looking for the dead and you know, they're like the exorcist kind of neat i think the hallowed necromancer archetype yes. is pretty cool mm. yes it's like a, it's it's the the like good, good aligned like positive version of uh necromancy yes uh, which just um also the the picture in the book of the character they have is just sick so yeah um, so he's cool. got like these like totally white eyes and it's got a little I don't know, some sort of positive energy thing. Um, he's like Looks like the second coming of some god. I don't know who it is, but like yeah. I would trust yeah. this person no, with exactly. my life. I would, uh, I would walk up to them and say, teach me, I will follow you. Teach me your ways. <laughs> yeah, just the idea of like, of course, I mean, like it, it, it's, it's, it's a, um, uh, like uh, normally, yeah, necromancers are just like, oh, right. Like, you know, even if they're like good, it's like the crippled, old man or something who's like really weird and creepy and just like i want to become undead right so i control them uh but this is just like a like a it feels like a yeah like a a, a cleric who has harnessed that ability uh yeah for with the, the, with the for, to reverse yeah. it almost yeah it's in yeah. dota 2 there's a character called anti-mage who is mm-hmm. a magician who steals magic from other players and i feel like this is the oh, necromancer anti-mage where like it's a necromancer who's very 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 well versed in undeath but they recognize undead as inherently evil and it's like okay i'm going to use my knowledge to just destroy the evil you know uh, the undead on on earth which is it's they do a lot of like hallowed ground stuff to where it's like aoe like positive energy um, and stuff, which is dope. Yeah, I'm looking at the Hallowed Ground spell, which I just think is awesome. It's like a 10-foot a burst, and you just imagine, like, slamming your staff oh, down yes. or whatever, and the ground just becomes, like, awesome. infused with, like, positive magic, and so the any undead... I don't know, it's a very Gandalf spell, is how yes. I see it, you know? I, um, I really like... Um, all right, well, I you know I think a lot of these archetypes are cool because they'll have like um, some kind of they're, they're bringing some new mechanic to the table, and I, I liked it in Exorcist because you know originally I'm just thinking you know casting out souls or whatever. Right. But they have like a I, I forget what it's called. Um, yeah, a, a spirit dwelling, and it's like a I don't know like a container that has all these like wisps. And then to do a lot of your different actions, you have to like give up a wisp out of your spirit dwelling to like, you know, pull a pull a demon or or a, you know yes. a ghost or something out of somebody else. Yes. So then there's like a this resource mechanic to it that I really like. Yeah. And it's just like a good theme overall in the book that each 
like archetype is is bringing something pretty novel to the table and we were talking about it before we started that there's really not any like new class they kept it all in the realm of archetypes which right. is super mm -hmm. nice because yeah you know a lot of these books come out and you're already running a campaign and then if it stays in the realm of archetypes you can just adjust your current character to fit the new archetype right yeah, yeah. You're, you're always like two or three feet away from being an uh exorcist or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a necromancer or something right. like oh. that which Absolutely. that's so deep. Yeah, I mean, we're all just yeah. two, three feet away from necromancy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the uh, the undead slayer archetype was one of my favorite to add to something because I think like when I when I read the section I was like oh like I just I can make a witcher now I can make right. a mm -hmm. mutagen mm -hmm. alchemist with undead slayer feats yeah. and it's just a witcher like a, a more religious witcher and I think that's so cool. yeah so so cool. I, I really like, I just keep coming back to it. I really like the vampire archetype. I know we've talked about vampires a lot on pre-pod, so I don't want to spend we a lot of time vampires. here. But, but I love, there's like, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 feats that you can get from this archetype. And uh, it's so cool to be able to lean in as much as you want. Like, Obviously, the first feat you're getting is like a drained blood, where if you have a grabbed enemy, they you can immediately succeed like a suck neck action, um, which is awesome. But uh, all the way down to like a level 16 feet, and it's like all the things that you want in a vampire they've created, like a way to do it, and a way to do it really well with the mechanics. And they're kind of OP, but it's like, do you want to just lean into that vampirism? Like, do you want to be that? because here's how you do it. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of whack, but most of these archetypes, especially once you get into the like actual, like more monstrous archetypes are like, hey, these are dope and you're gonna be able to hit pretty hard with them, but do you mm. wanna lean into this? You know, yeah. is that something that you're wanting to kind of build into your character? Is he liking, you know, is he getting stronger with his undeath abilities or is she getting stronger, you know? I, so dope. I am definitely, going to play a lich i've always <laughs> i was about to say the same dude. thing i'm uh, looking at this page right now <laughs> yeah so i've cool. always wanted to play a lich and just having like a, a phylactery or a soul cage and i i don't know I, it's so cool and it's very nice what, and it's a high level thing. archetype too yeah the first yes, yeah. Lich a dedication feat is a 12 level feat and I don't yes, know if yeah. they've done that yet. I, I, I can't. And you have to be able to cast level six spells. So you're yeah. not oh, just man. like level 12. You have to be some kind of spellcaster. It's very yeah. story nice. Gotta, gotta get there. One thing about the Lich that I thought was interesting was the uh, the phylactery or the, you said it was a soul cage? Yeah. That's what it's called. That like when you're fighting, like when the PCs are fighting a Lich, like you guys are, are going to try and find the soul cage and destroy it. Right. right. Yeah. But they they put like a side note in there and they were like, the thing is like, uh, hypothetically, let's say Aaron becomes a lich, right? And he stores <laughs> his soul cage in the vaults at the breach or whatever. Like, you would feel really shitty if I like, you guys were away on a mission and then I like big bad came in and just took over everything, crushed got the phylactery, the crushed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, And so they are like, uh, you might want to have the phylactery be like on their person or whatever. They're like, they basically were like, "Hey, try not to just like one hit KO your your 
lich right. warrior or whatever. You're, so. <laughs> you're level so 18 <laughs> wizard lich. Yeah. Maybe you're not just... just, just, <laughs> just oh, oh, uh, One single warhead. Uh, oh, Jackson, you feel a rumbling uh, in your soul and then you're dead. That's it. Uh, uh, Jackson, you save. Wait, what? We're just... Yeah. About, uh, yeah, yeah. Jackson, we can 42 save. Oh, you're dead. Sorry. You're actually just dead. Whew, you just got one up. shot. I love the, the idea of that being a notification because they thought it was a ball and it broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, I think we're being attacked. It's like, a, it's like a mobile mobile war game. Exactly. You know? You're like, oh. Yeah. But I mean, like, whatever. At the same Rachel time, is I gone. If you make it to that level, so like you're probably going to have like an alarm spell, like a global alarm yeah, spell yeah. that tells you as soon as somebody gets near your phylactery and then yeah. you just dimension door and then you fuck You know, so. Yeah, um, I will. I I want to say one thing about the equipment and the, uh, the the dead slaying category, and then I will offer up the rest of my time. But I'm very passionate about some of these items. I think they're very cool. So, Silas, did you see bottled sunlight at all? Dude, I did, and I pulled up uh, alchemy stuff. Let me go back to it because uh, that was one thing something I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it it's a new bomb, but it's like. Instead of doing instead of doing two D, no no no. Instead of doing one D eight fire damage like an alchemist fire, it does one D four fire, one D four positive. So if it's against undead, it's actually better than an alchemist fire like stat yes. wise. You know. I wanted to pull up the uh, but ghost just, charge because that's it. Oh yeah. Like other um, the other thing that's kind of doing the same thing. So uh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Ghost Charge uh, does, it's a bomb. The base version, the lesser version, does 1d8 positive damage, one positive splash damage, and the target is enfeebled one until the start of your next turn. Um, so if it's an undead, like they just are enfeebled. Um, there's no save for it. Uh, wow. And then Bottled Sunlight does, you say yeah, 1d4 positive, one positive splash damage, and then additional 1d4 fire damage. Uh, does it do? I'm pretty sure if it's against, yeah, it says undead with a particular vulnerability to sunlight, such as vampires yes. or wraiths, they instantly take the maximum positive damage. Clean. So yes. at level one, at level one, it's like uh, four out of a one d four. But as you go up, it's like you know eight on a two d four positive or yeah, 12, it's definitely like is, if you're if you're going into a campaign that's like a little more specific and you know that this is going to be good, and like obviously you're going to take it. Uh, and the other thing I like about it too is it's a little less um, like early on. You know, I said this before, like the first alchem the first few alchemist levels are um, you're you're just starved for resources and. Uh, being able to take a bomb that also that like does ghosty things, but also just does some fire damage, right? Like mm -hmm. you could throw mm -hmm. this at anything and it still does fire damage. Uh, it, uh, it, it makes me think of Pokemon where it's like a multi-typed Pokemon, you know? Yeah, versus, like, yeah that's exactly one. what it is. So um, it has more, you know, there's more super effective opportunities. Yeah, kind of like the Blight Bomb in a weird way. Uh, mm -hmm. huh. uh, this is different. I wish they had done it like the Blight Bomb and it was, uh, just like it hits for the positive damage and then it burns. Um, mm -hmm. It's like persistent fire damage. I think that would have been cool. Um, but uh, but I think this is also good. This is fine. Um, yeah. So no, that was good. Like, cause like, there, yeah, there's just one ghost bomb and or right. undead bomb. And it's just like, yeah, you throw it and it does damage. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> so this is like a little more interesting. It's doing something a little more different, which is fun. Um, 
I'm I don't know if Freezer will take it. Ancestry before we yeah, run out yeah. of time. I know. I, I, and oh, I yeah. again, I, I, I wanted to say I love that they added a new material called Peachwood. Same. Is, I was going to uh, talk about that too. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Farazman Priest. It's like, you know, it makes me think of like Demon Slayer. Like, right. Uh, yes. Uh, the anti demon weapons. Uh, but there are two weapons, which I, I love, like named weapons. That's what mm. I would always look for in, in the uh, 1E Ultimate Equipment book. But there is one called, uh, let me find it, Final Rest. And it is a plus three greater disrupting, greater striking silver longsword <laughs> made from the purest silver. <laughs> and it has like on the thing, it's like etched with scrawling or uh, sprawling necropolis, blah, blah, blah. But um, any undead that you hit, it, it t- they take an additional 3d6 persistent uh, good damage. And then they have to make a fortitude save. And if they, cr- I think if they crit fail, Oh, that one, they're just stunned if they crit fail. But there's there's the other one where they instantly die. Like if you, that's it. If you critically hit an undead with the sword and then they critically fail the fortitude save, it's a one hit KO. Oh that's my gosh, dude. That's Which incredible. is just fun. Just uh, and then the last purple. one that I think is, is very cool is called Lady Spiral and it's a whip. Um, plus one disrupting uh, striking whip. Uh, but this is the... Uh, um, yeah, the uh, the handle of the whip ends in an oak spike that has been sanctified from the ashes of Ferasma's boneyard. If the spike is used to stake a vampire, the vampire is immediately destroyed without having to sever its head or anoint it with holy oh. water. And if the whip is buried with the creature, the creature cannot rise as an undead as long as mm. the whip remains by its side. Which I just love cow. the lore part of That's that. Of so like cool. the idea of like. And I think there's a ritual too, where like if you kill someone, you can cast this ritual, and you're just like, nope, you can't come back to life. It's you over know, for like, you. Period. Yeah. Um, but I love that there's an equipment that also does that. That's just like, yeah, you bury this, and yeah. you don't have to worry about them forever. You know. So. That is dope. Okay, I am. I am. That is the rest of the time I will be talking. Ronnie, tell us about the. Uh, I want to talk about uh, fami- one familiar. I want to hint on one oh, undead oh, yeah. ally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the undead are allies are super cool, but there's yeah. one in particular. Super, super sick. My particular is the talking head. I think a talking head <laughs> as an ally uh, is because it's like uh, the head in um, God of War. God of War, and yeah. literally they're talking about how this this head is usually like some kind of master or some very yeah. like skilled creature that you can like consult for information. And I was like, so what cool. a fun thing at the table! Like so if, cool. it, yeah. if the DM is just running the head, you know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, amazing. I, I was talking about the the one that's like your your pet that died and comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Old it's a little friend. ghostly dachshund. It's, oh, it's so, so cute. <laughs> Always they really killed it with with all of the uh, like undead familiars. You can have a, a yeah. you can have a ghosty yeah, really angel on, which it. is super fun. <laughs> uh, if you're a summoner, anyway, that whole section is, is so good. Grab the book and read through that. It's all amazing. Ronnie, take us into the now for the part Skelly boy. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 oh, my oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Time to talk about skeletons with the last minute that we have. Um, I guess some of this might bleed over into Patreon time, but um, I would love to hear what you all think about the skeleton ancestry because that's one of the coolest additions. I think, you know, Paizo always does the like some motivations for each of your characters um, and like the you might dot 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 section of every um, ancestry. Right. 
but I thought like the way they did it with the skeleton was super cool and, and really enlightening into maybe some of the ways that motivate skeletons and how they present themselves and how they act. Um, and so like this obviously says like as a, as a skeleton, you're, you're likely a former adventurer. Um, you know, you have gone through the process of becoming undead and like obviously the negative energy of being undead pulls your alignment towards evil over time. But like you can very specifically like maybe through a character highlight, you know, the struggle between, um, you know, becoming evil and God, are you really play this spooky, scary skeletons tombstone remix? Uh, Here we go. Oh my gosh. But I, I really like how uh, Paizo was like, you know, like you might like if you're a skeleton work twice as hard as another individual to prove right. that you're still a capable member of society, yeah. you know, desperately seek to get the acceptance of like, you know, living individuals or, you know, disregard your body or, you know, present as very flamboyant, you know, with a lot of tattoos on your bone or, um, you know, flav like flagrant or flagrant <laughs> bright colors uh, to, you know, show others that you are not, you know, like other undead skeletons. Um, but they added yeah. a lot of really cool feats, too. Um, oh, my God. Like the feats are amazing. About play like dead. Play dead. <laughs> they're all of they're <laughs> so cartoonish and they're wonderful. Yes. It's so good. <sighs> My favorite is the the well armed, where you can pull your arm off and get five foot reach with a one handed weapon so by swinging good, your dude. arm around. Yeah, oh that's my so good. God. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> it's so good. But I don't know. Do any of you have any initial responses to the skeleton ancestry? It's very cool to me that um, I mean, because I've always like what you're listening to. Catch the extended version of this pre-pod on the Basically More podcast by supporting us at any tier on our Patreon, where you can access all previous Patreon pre-pods, early access to the Bangarang Gang, and weekly extended pre-pods. Enjoy this benefit and more over at patreon.com slash basicallygoodpodcast.